What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever Talking Seaweed Sports podcast. Bobby, as usual, here at my man Sam. What's up, Bob? Thanks for having me. Dude, we're here forever. We're going to get stoned. We're going to talk sports. We're going to get right into it. The first thing I want to talk about, and I'm sure you want to talk about, and I feel like everybody has been talking about, is the Super Bowl. Patriots lost. The Eagles won their first Super Bowl. Philadelphia has been on fire. Is it still on fire? What a trash city that is. It is a trash city. I mean, the whole city to me today watching the videos looked like just one big dumpster fire, and uh, the Eagles being involved in it didn't help but um, like they literally for them. turned the city mean, to a dumpster, a dumpster fire. That's exactly what it was because they lit the dumpsters on fire. It's amazing. Fair enough. And but I mean, all kidding aside, uh, you know they pretty much outplayed the Pats at their own game. And uh, I'm not going to sit here and be all bitter. And um, you know we've had our share of championships. That you know I'm not going to cry. Although it was a pretty frustrating game, and I've I've watched it twice since, and it's not getting any easier to swallow. Oh no, because they weren't playing the way they play, man. They were playing. It was crazy because watching they were doing to us what we do to everybody else going for it. You know what I mean? On fourth down and like forcing the situation, not, not being huge pussies. Absolutely. And what the key to the, the way that they were able to to kind of beat the Pats at their own game was you couldn't tell during the game because you don't know what's really going on. But watching like the, all the shows this week and the sound effects show. One of the things I got from that was how confident the Eagles were. They showed in like the second quarter. Ertz and Foles on the sideline going, they can't stop us. It's insane, man. And how, you know, to Bill Belichick is literally one of the best defensive coaches of all time, if not the best defensive coach of all time. And we couldn't figure out a way to stop fucking Nick Foles from throwing to Alshon Jeffrey. Well, and again, on that show last night, they showed just how desperate the situation was. We sit there and, you know, in Bill we trust, and you always think during the game he's going to get an answer. They showed on the on the sound effects that it, Belichick had no answers and went up to Patricia and just goes, hey, why don't you start blitzing? Because we literally have no answer to anything. So worst case, if they're going to score anyway, well, you might as well go down blitzing. That's insane, man. Just to have no answer. Like, what, dude. Is the run pass option that unstoppable? If you ask Chris Collinsworth, it is because <laughs> if you ask I don't Chris know if it's if is it possible to say a word more than he said run pass option in that game. My goodness, dude! He literally gave credit to uh, to Doug Peterson for fucking uh, running a, a play action. He was like, "Oh, it was a play action." See, well, they, they fake the handoff. They throw the ball. I was like, dude, why are you I, so impressed with I, I'm that? I'm not a huge Collinsworth hater, but in talking to you and, you know, the pre-show oh, dude, stuff. Not a fan. Not, <laughs> yeah, dude, not a fan, man. Not, not a, fan. a fan. But I will say, in watching the game again, you know, I'm at the party the other day. This loud. We're barely listening to the commentary. But watching the, it again with the volume, he immediately anoints that the play, uh, you know, the trick play with the direct snap to Clement in the, the touchdown pass to Foles as – like one of the top five plays in NFL history. Yeah, and obviously. I would like normally as a bitter Pats fan be like, why are you instantly? But I mean, what are you going to argue? That play was ridiculous. That play and was ridiculous. It, it I mean, that might have won the game. That changed the momentum. 18-12 at half, you know, they're right in the game. And that, I feel it, like 18-12 at half, were you worried? Six points. It's one touchdown. That's no, a stop. That's a what touchdown. it would have been if they didn't punch it in there. They were actually they were down twenty two to twelve. So that's that's what I'm saying is oh, the difference 20, okay, between eighteen okay, okay. to twenty two. Got got it's a little bit of difference. You're, it's not a one score game at that point, you know. And then the Pats were chasing it the whole time, and they were at a point in the second half where 
they couldn't afford one stop, one mistake, and that's all the Eagles needed, and that's what they did. It was it, crazy. The whole time I was waiting for Dante Hightower to just come out of nowhere seriously. and just, like, monster everybody and just grab the quarterback, throw him on his back, and be like, we win now. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's how it's happened every single time. We didn't have that. We, did, we had we had Kyle Van Noy is our, like, main linebacker, and that's a problem. Well, that's a problem. You know, man. that and obviously and – you, you wonder why you're getting killed by tight ends. You wonder why that seam route was open all night long. Yeah, I mean, I watched like five videos of Jordan Richards covering Zach Ertz one-on-one, and I honestly think you might have done better. I, I think I might have done better. <laughs> Jordan Richards is a second-round pick, too, mind you. So we say in Bill We Trust, I mean, that's horrific. He can't he can't cover anything, that was and awful. he's isolated on. So obviously the elephant in the room is why is Jordan Richards on the field or whatever, and it's the I, – I don't want to beat a well, dead Trump horse. Well, got hurt. Right. Well, that's true. That hurt. You know what and I mean? that's true. And it is unfair. Butler doesn't play the same position as what Jordan Richards would do. But the elephant in the room is Butler. And, you know, everybody's had their two cents. We don't want to be repetitive all week of all this drivel. But, I mean, what the hell, man? Why was he not in the game? I don't understand. My eight-year-old understood. Yeah. Why Why was he not in the game? S- seriously. I, I just don't understand. We all give Belichick this, you know – pass on everything and you know he knows more than us and obviously he knows more than us but you know he can do what he wants in these press conferences all season and we just have to grin and bear it but at this point he owes everyone answers I I want to know the truth and Butler's came out and says his hit said his side so I don't know I don't want Bill to answer you know why I don't want him to answer because he never answers he doesn't answer when we win he doesn't have to answer when we lose because he's the football coach and where everybody else. Yeah, he's You for- know, as long and I feel like I do feel like he's getting pushed. It's funny you brought up the two bills cuz remember when Robert Kraft didn't know what the future was with Bill Parcells and they talk about it in the two bills. Yeah. So we started um he started letting other people have an input into the personnel they were they were going to be drafting and putting on the field and I think we're starting to see the same Robert Kraft starting to do the same things he did to Bill Parcells. Because now you see Jimmy Garoppolo's gone. So that that wasn't a Belichick move. I don't ever see Bill Belichick saying, I really like Tom Brady. I'm going to let him ride out his years here. We'll be a 10 and 16. Yeah. You know, no, we're here to win 12, 13, 14 games. One of the saddest things from the other day is we didn't get to see drunken Kraft slurring his speech at the end, holding up the right. trophy. That's RKK. always one of my favorites. <laughs> he's got the <laughs> glass of gin is his sixth of the day. And he's... uh. He's up there, you know, going. Rawr. So I mean, th- that's one of the rites of passage now in uh, in January, February yeah, for us. Yeah, RKK and, comes and gives and, a really um, uncomfortable. I'll tell speech. you this: that Lori Lori guy, the owner, he's such a scumbag. I I could not be. I, usually, when a team wins, maybe not if they beat the Pats, but I'll be like, you know what? Good for them. They. I hate that scumbag. He just looks like a. He looks like he'd take the trophy and. Stab you with it or something. He's just a jerk. I saw the uh, speaking of owners. This is kind of like off topic, but uh, the owner of the Falcons, Arthur Blank. Yeah, Arthur Blank needs to stay off the sideline because every time they show him on the sideline, they lose big games. Well, I mean, we it happened. It happened in the Super Bowl, and then the biggest game of their season, they lost. He was on the sideline again. Eagles game. Well, and. You know, we already own real estate in his mind anyway because of the, oh, the yeah, 20, 283 diamonds in the ring. And he came out and actually gave them what they wanted and said that it bothered him, which is outstanding and obviously why Kraft did it. But, you know, hey, 
we can't talk about the Falcons here. Yeah, screw no, no, them. We can't go um, way too far backwards. But anyway, I mean, some of the key key points of the game in my mind was obviously the Cooks injury changed the game. Um, you know, I mean, you we had an opinion about the on hit that a little bit. Yeah. I, I remember when I okay, so when I saw the hit, I saw Cooks running around. Now that was the second time Cooks was just running around, real excited to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Not to See, make CTE jokes either, but night night he Tyrannosaurus Rexed on that one. He, yeah, he did. That's sad to he see. Was you know, out. He was out, dude. Yeah, he got you don't like to see those ones. No, you don't like to see those ones. But he got popped, man, and he shouldn't have been running like that. If you're going to be a runner, run forward, man. Get tackled the way you're supposed to get tackled. Don't just stand there and just let somebody come from behind you and crush you because he got destroyed. Yeah. And that was the second bad decision he made. And people forget, yes, Tom Brady has been to the Super Bowl eight times. Brandon Cooks was not in the Super Bowl eight times. Mm. He was fired up. All of those guys, for the most part, I mean, Gilmore, Gilmore stepped up. I'll tell you what. That was a huge play. Gilmore is. I thought he changed the momentum of the game, and I was like, we're going to ride this one out. Here we go. Gilmore, overall, this season got absolutely eviscerated at the beginning by all the talking heads and everything because of the contract. And granted, he took some time to adjust. There was some, you know, secondary strife with. Well, he's coming from the Bills to the Patriots. (laughs) Fair enough. But. There's a playbook here. <laughs> There's been, I mean, he was last eight, ten weeks of the season was locked down. City, you you mentioned Jeffrey, you know, he caught the first touchdown. That's another coaching, you know, double uh, second question, second um, guess is they started with Jeffrey on whoever was on that side, and then Ro- eventually, I th- yeah, Ro- yeah, Ro- and Ro- then was they, on him for a lot, right? Well, whoever matched up over there, but then they they were playing sides, and then once Jeffrey started torching them, they put. Gilmore exclusively on Jeffrey, and you didn't hear a sniff from Jeffrey the rest of the game. Yeah, no, you know? he, shot, so, I mean, he shot whoever was in front of him down. Gilmore looked fantastic. As far as I'm concerned, he looked like the money was worth it. And I mean, and to me, that makes it worse about the Butler thing because Butler's touted as this lockdown corner. If you had those two doing work on the outside, then you can cover Ertz with a double team and not have Jordan Richards on him. Exactly. And, I mean, you know, but I mean, who are we? Uh, you know, where I'm not going to. Uh, we, we not dissect Cooks, the all twenty two. Cooks, Cooks, I would love to dissect an all twenty two with you. <laughs> we'll do that. We'll do that yeah, inside. That's segment. on we'll, next week, everyone. Yeah, you can watch but, us. Um, you can listen I, to uh, us other, dissect an all twenty two. Other notes, you know, is they couldn't get off the field in th- on third down. How annoying is that? As a Pats fan, you're yeah. standing up with your boys watching the game, all lit, fired up. You just want to sack. They didn't sniff the quarterback. The only guy who sniffed the quarterback was the 48-year-old James Harrison that they got from the dump. Yeah, it, James Harrison looked pretty good. I, I, he had the only two hits I can remember on the quarterback. And a huge play at the end where he actually read the play and read the motion. You're uh, exactly right. What was it? it who, who came across? It was uh, Torrey Smith, I believe, and he Corey. just got a piece of him and allowed McCourty to come over, and we thought that was a big stop, but I, I believe they went for it there and got it. Which well, I was just going to say that was, was a huge stop on third down. Maybe so they I went should... for it on fourth down. Maybe I should um, maybe I should change what I said and maybe it's not getting off the field on third down. It's getting, getting off, off the, field the field on third or fourth down Just because off the field in they were and you know and that was another not to keep going back to sound effects, but that's pretty cool when they show what these guys were thinking during the game. And Peterson never hesitated. He was setting those plays up in advance to go for fourth down yeah, at the end knew, of the game. I mean, I'm sure he watched the the Jacksonville game right. and was like, you can't. You have to. You have to go. That's you can't. Point. You can't stop. If you stop against the Patriots, we're going to destroy you. You're exactly right. And you said it to me earlier, not to steal your thunder, but this is your point. But 
they Jags played fierce and aggressive the first half of that game, and you saw what happened, and then they got scared. Mm-hmm. Eagles pretty much knew that, and they played the whole game like Jacksonville played the first half. They just were pedal to the metal the whole yeah, time. Yeah, the whole time. And, and that, that's the and only I think chance that, you I think it also helped them because, I mean, I know now I'm not sure what Jacksonville plays predominantly, but I know the Eagles predominantly play man-to-man. They have like a cover one, cover two. So they always have – you know, they have the conditioning to cover us. And now they're not chasing Brandon Cooks 80 yards. You know what I mean? Every single time. Yeah. You know, because we can send Cooks. We didn't have Cooks to send them. We could send Hogan, but we can send both of them. Now you, we're pulling your safeties aren't even in this game anymore. Couple, couple other um, now points. Now dumping off to Dion. That's how it should have happened. I mean, I agree. <laughs> I, it, it, speaking of that, speaking that's of what, that's what yeah. I was going to say is – um. <laughs> On that strip sack, you know, the obvious the play that ended the season when everybody in the world thought that they were going to drive down and win. I mean, so did, um, you know, the entire country. Everybody but the and, Eagles. Um, you know, on that play, you know, I've watched a lot of stuff this week, and White is wide open to the right for, like, the quick Brady dump down that he takes, like, 98% of the time. And he, like, two seconds later, try, two seconds longer than he needed to, tried to make a play. And if he had just dumped to White, they would have kept going. It would have been the two-minute warning. They would have been at, like, the 40 at the two-minute warning. And the time. they would have been – they should have been eating clock to not give it back at that point. Time yeah. wasn't an issue. So, I mean, that's that close, man, to, you know, six titles. Yeah, Oof. I mean, not to take away from what they did. They they did. I mean, that strip sack was huge. What good the, coaching. What the – Fuck. Good, good coaching. Brandon Graham's a defensive end. They moved him inside on the guard, and he burned he him. Burning. Mason was a Mason, beast. He was done, dude. He, he was a beast all game, but you're not going to – angry Brandon Graham is one of the scarier guys in the league. Uh, yeah, you're not you just, that. At some point, you got to tip your cap. It's not all, you know, what yeah, was Yeah, no, mean. absolutely. But, um, I mean, obviously, uh, football in general, there's some – some issues going on. One of them is, you know, the big deal about the CTE and the concussions and everybody's thinking that's going to be the downfall of uh, the NFL. And I got to be honest with you, that's a concern, but there's still going to be people all over the country that are, it's like, do you want to work and make $5 million and like maybe sacrifice your health? Like yeah. some, some like oil guy in Pennsylvania. Like, I mean, that's going like to go coal miner, like yeah, coal miners do it yeah. for a I lot mean, less or whatever than, I'm talking than, about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, if, if o- like, oil's dangerous too, right. Like, like, like or like some a... kid from like a, a ghetto, he's going to be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to worry about my health at 50 to, to not have the time <laughs> of my life. I mean, people that think the NFL is going away is ridiculous. But to me as a fan, lifelong fan for 30 years, who watches every single second of every single game, even if the, you know, the biggest thing to me is the, what is a catch, man? I mean, are you I have kidding no me? idea at this point. And I, I know everyone says it, but like, what's a catch? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know anymore, dude, because I thought I, I thought I understood, but I was like, all right, what I get it. What did you think about the catches in the, the two <laughs> controversial plays the other night? The Clement catch, according to what I thought the rules were now, because he caught it and I was like, oh, that's a touchdown. But then he bobbled it. So then that. Was I thought reset everything right? In that's my a, mind, that's what allegedly, I thought. Allegedly, it, yeah. it, it reset everything. <laughs> yeah. And if then you ask he, Austin Safarian Jenkins, then, if yeah, if you, exactly, <laughs> dude, he must be like. I wonder if he wanted that to be a catch or not, because uh, he know, obviously hates the Patriots. That's true, but um, you know, I I would love his. I take agree on with that your catch. take. I that. You know, Gene Steratore, the ref, was on the sound effects too, and it's. I was like pissed watching it because he says during the thing reviewing that when the ball moves from Clement, it's just repositioning the ball. He didn't lose control. And it's like, 
what are we doing here, man? Like called, you know, I, you watch an old highlight and the, if the ball's thrown and it gets near the guy and he starts celebrating, it's a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. NFL was great then. What are we yeah. doing? It was like, that's good enough. Yeah. Look, just, look good to me. To me, that's a bigger problem. See, when you're... I miss that. See, I, I, sorry to interrupt you. No, but no. This is, uh, this is something I actually don't like about all sports these days. Is I can't stand the replay. I liked it when, like, the, when the, the coach had two. And he'd be like, red flag. Yeah. Look at that shit. Mm-hmm. But only the coach should be able to call it. Mm-hmm. There should be a maximum of four per game. So your problems with. And they should be, it, they should be strategic on the coach's part. I think that's that's what made it interesting in the first place. Now, everything goes to replay. New York can call up and say, "Nope, we got to go to replay." No. Well, under two minutes, yeah. And, so what's and the all point, scoring what's the plays point are replay. Yeah. Why not just have cameras? Yeah. I mean, you would think a, you know, we can have our artificial intelligence can just scan all the cameras and decide whether or not it was a catch. You would think a hundred, you know, four hundred billion dollar enterprise would have like a goal line laser or something that could like sense when the ball's in there. We're gonna or have whatever. to edit what I just said because now the NFL is gonna be like, that's a really good idea. We should go have cameras everywhere. Well, I mean, if they haven't thought of that, everybody says that. But, um, you know, I mean, that's just uh, that's to me is when you. They have to figure out what a catch is because it makes it unbearable to watch the game. I sit every Sunday with my buddies and like we're arguing and betting on different things and stuff. And, you know, someone wants this, someone wants that. And I sit there with my my buddy and like we have the opposite end of a game, obviously, because we're idiots. And I, I see a catch and I'm like, that's a catch. And he's like, that's not a catch. And we're both right. And then they come back and coin toss it. And then one of you know someone's pissed, and both of us are like, "What the hell is that? What is going on?" I, and I, it, it it does make it it's it's different watching it these days, just because you grow up watching it. I mean, for this long, and now all of a sudden you can't even. I have no idea what it catches. The only reason I would now, say I'm, I'm not a professional NFL player, yeah. but I I've watched them for quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> I know what a fucking catch. You're is. pretty close. I there, never Bob. said I could make the the catch. I'm just saying I know if it's a catch. It, yeah, I mean. And you can see it, and it's like that's that human element, and I think that's why it bothers me with all this this replay is because the human element was like sometimes refs blow a call, and you lose the game, well, and the game is over, and you've lost the game, and that's just how it goes. See, the only reason I care about that is as a person who likes to maybe dabble in some action here or there, <laughs> um, I don't want to get screwed when I can see that it was a bad call. And in my mind, I never get a break. I always get screwed, so... I would rather oh, – that's the only argument I would have for the replay is I just want to make sure it is what it is because I feel like I would only lose on a bad call. I would never win on one. So I'd rather have it be the right thing so at least I don't feel like I got – like someone broke into my house and robbed me of my $50 parlay or whatever I'm doing. So, so let me ask you this then. Do, do you think um, – oh, fuck. I'm too high. <laughs> What did you just say? Because I just had an awesome uh, repeat yourself and we'll Re- edit it. Really? Wow. <laughs> uh, I just said that the only reason I would care about being correct on the replay is so I don't get screwed on that's a That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Do you think that's why? Do you think that the um, the way that the betting is kind of moving more and more and more towards being a common legal thing, do you think that they're like, no, we got to keep this in for the betting because – from that perspective, I feel like that's really um, – I feel like that demographic is like really – Well, I mean, I would say that there's no chance of that ever coming to light or anything. But, I no, mean, not, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the billions it, but... of dollars uh, 
I wouldn't be surprised if the billions of dollars in gambling influenced, you know, the the way that the league is governed. I mean, that those guys, you know, you never know. But, um, you know, and since you since we're bringing up the gambling aspect, it just shows how much money there is in betting. Because briefly, the NBA came out with that plan where they they'll allow legalized gambling and they want one percent of every bet made. And you're like, oh, one percent. Like I'll give one percent. That's nothing. I read something about the math of that and you know there's like 600 you know billion dollars or something bet per year 1% is every single team is going to get like 80 million dollars from that or something like that it's like more than the salary cap they're going to get from betting which this will that will never happen but like that's how ridiculous betting is and these leagues they don't want to NFL especially doesn't want to address it but at some no. point it's going to start influencing it because that's the only I, reason half my buddies watch the game. I feel like college football and gambling need to get together. I feel like that's like such a natural marriage. Whoa. They need to just like make it a thing and just let Kirk Herbstreit be like, you know, they're fucking plus 25 right now. Well, uh, <laughs> Musburger started doing that, and that's why he's like been relegated to the retirement home in Vegas doing a podcast. Because he would like say there's a lot of red-blooded Americans that really want them to punch it in here on the air. <laughs> and that was getting a little bit too much for, uh, you know, that was getting a little bit too over the line for, uh, you know, corporate America on ABC or whatever. So See, that's um, awesome. That's, I like that. I feel like you should have like an alternate. I was thinking about that when I was watching the Super Bowl and I'm listening to Chris Collinsworth talking and I'm like, you ever, I don't know how people think he loves the Patriots. He probably bet on them because who the fuck wouldn't. Right. But he... How did, he doesn't love the Patriots. He gets so excited when they lose every single time. No, I, nothing makes me angrier than that. But I mean, I've I want to listen to Scott Zolak for the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. Well, I, and I want to watch the game. I'm going to watch the game. I'm not going to listen to it on the radio. This is not 1923. Yeah, well, I'm not you, listening. To you the had big a quiet game. day at home with the family, so you probably listened to Collinsworth more. I was like pacing oh, was around, horrendous. getting wrecked I with want, my friends. I want like a hometown Scott Zolak there, being like, "Let's do this one, baby!" Like that's what I want. Unicorns my, and show yeah. ponies. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I want. So I mean, th you know, there's an audience for that, but. Um, I just I am the, audience the Twitter went ape on Collinsworth because Phil everyone in Philadelphia said that he was siding with the Eagles just because he honestly said during those catches that he didn't know because who the hell knows we already I, that's, addressed the only, that. that's the only time that I actually like, agreed how, with him how is that being an Eagles fan by saying you don't know I mean would you, you rather know? Chris Collinsworth or Tony Romo Oh, Tony Romo all day, every day. I, I'm a Tony Romo guy. I, Do you I, like it? I like it. it. You know, he got a little full of himself towards the end of the year and started, like, dropping jokes, and a couple <laughs> of them were brutal. But just, I mean, he's better than Phil Simms. I mean, I'm comparing it to, like, negative zero with Phil Simms. <laughs> Phil Simms, he was like, ah, yeah, ah, it, it, awful. But, um, you know, with the, the replay situation, um, you know, with Collinsworth, Everybody thinks he sides with the Eagles just because he's being honest. But I read an article about how the you know one of those sites that covers the media coverage of the game. I'm a wicked nerd, sorry, but they were saying that um, NBC should be embarrassed with themselves because they didn't have one of those NFL rules gurus to go to, and they left it to <laughs> Al Michaels. And did you guys see CBS last year with Mike Carey, who's literally a statue corpse whose eyes doesn't don't move? And they would go to him, and 80% of the time he was wrong on the thing. So what's worse, having Collinsworth on there, who 
guesses at it or some guy who's like propped up like a mannequin and gets 20% of the calls correct who used to be an NFL ref. I mean, like, that's really a critique. That made me irate. Yeah, you know, I mean, what do we need? Dean Blandino is going to come in and go, I don't know either because no one knows. (laughs) Like, how is that adding to the broadcast? Yeah, nobody knows. It's they need to stop all that. So this feels like a is this feels like a good time to just mention that the uh, the edibles today are being provided by mass cannabis chefs. They do amazing parties. Look them up. They're on Instagram. They're on all that stuff. Um, They do awesome. They do private parties. They do shows that they like host um cool shit delicious gummies um and also the flowers today are being provided by weed co usa they have fire flowers fucking look them up um i can vouch for that (laughs) yeah no they're good so yeah so let's 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 take this moment and transition real quick so we were talking about malcolm butler not being on the field and apparently when the Eagles started burning down. I mean, when the Eagles fans started burning down Philadelphia, the media was like, we need to pivot to something quick because everybody's going to want the Patriots to win next time because we just have an orderly parade. And we were like, yeah, like we're going to drink with Gronk a couple beers. We're not going to like burn the town down because we're going. Oh, we got to get to Gronk too. And the rumors of him retiring. (laughs) I mean, that's where I was going to go with it. So Malcolm Butler wasn't on the field and now they're saying like, it became like an absolute soap opera. It became who was it? Adam Schefter was reporting that he was, you know, at like Rick Ross getting getting stoned and, and you know had like a manic episode and screamed at the coaches. And then Malcolm Butler was getting on the bus saying, "Fuck, they gave up on me." And so those are really conflicting because if you it, were at a Rick Rock, Ross concert getting high the week of the Super Bowl and then you yelled at your coaches. You're not surprised that you're not. No, I agree. But the thing I say is until Butler came out, I kind of believed that. But Butler came out with a vehement statement saying I was not at the thing. I was with my family. I feel like this day and age, if you're at the Rick Ross concert, someone saw you. Yeah. So, I mean, that's risky as hell to come out and say I wasn't at the Rick Ross concert because someone's got you on Instagram and a selfie and you're going to get caught. Then you look. Then you're done. Butler. You know, if you lie. Then you got caught. You're done. If you say nothing, then I kind of would have been like, you know, maybe he did do it. But coming out and vehemently denying puts you on the spot where I don't think he's lying. There's too much to risk. I don't think he's lying either. And I mean, I've always been a um, a fan. I always liked Malcolm Butler. And I always liked him because I'm pretty sure. Didn't he work at Popeye's? I'm not sure exactly where, but, but it something. Was, it was like, like, it was something, like yeah, it was like a, it was like Valvoline or something it like. Something, it was, yeah, it was it was something that was like a, a pretty. Uh, close to minimum wage job in right. like Alabama. Yeah. And this dude comes up with the biggest catch in years in Patriots history. And he becomes a hero. And then to see him go from there to where he is now with the organization where like somebody's lying. Mm. Like it's to the point where somebody said that to Adam Schefter because Adam Schefter is like, I mean, I think he's a, he's like a journalist. Yeah, or something. He never, he's never wrong on there. You know what I mean? The only so, thing he's ever been wrong about is he said they'd never trade Garoppolo, but we'll get to that in a second. Oh God. Yeah, I know. Like, there's so much to go through because then that turned into is Belichick going to stay? And they're asking Belichick after the game, if he's staying, yeah. I didn't even know we were talking about that yet. Well, I mean, it's, you know, the, these, the media around here has been spoiled for years because, 
you know, there's been so much to talk about with the team always being good. Plus they have like three X, ex- two extra months of like January and February that they can like pencil in at the beginning of the year where like right. the reporter for the Cleveland Browns is already like moved to Florida for the winter, <laughs> you know, he's the, been done since like, he's like, yeah, he, he know, like, he just like writes it from Florida. Like, he remotes yeah, in. Yeah. Game. He has to go to, he gets direct TV, watches the game from the golf course in Florida and, yeah, and, and tweet something, but he's like, yeah, we're owing 16, but, um, <laughs> You know, it first and then so it starts all these conspiracy theories and these are all stemmed from the media with these pointed questions. I mean, everybody tries to play, you know, coy with the media like you're asking these passive aggressive questions to Belichick. You know, he's not going to answer to just try to get a rise out of them. Right. And they're all like, oh, he's why is he such a dick to us? It's like because you guys ask stupid questions yeah. at stupid times. Well, it's not even that. But you at can this ask point, that question to him in like a month when he's in the middle of like trying to figure out who we're going to draft. But at this point, you know, yeah, and on the monitor right now in front of us is uh, Jason Kelsey and um, one of my buddies before, dressed like a sultan. Yeah, before the podcast, <laughs> one, like Jasmine's father. Bef- before the podcast, I'll, I'll give my buddy credit. Uh, one of my buddies texted me. It's no surprise that Travis Kelsey's brother is a douche, and uh, you know everyone knows Kelsey from the Chiefs, and he's you know been on dating shows, and he's he's kind of a flamboyant weirdo. Um, but uh, now they're showing Kelsey dressed like Aladdin, uh, and it's. it's a I would say ridiculous. it's more King. What's his name? What's Aladdin's John? What's Aladdin's stepfather's name? Yeah, that's not something that's crucial. That is crucial, dude. I need to know now. It's Google. It's the age of Google. Prince Ali. No, that's the oh, other shit, song. Is it? I don't know. No, that's his name. I think. Like, oh yeah, Ali Ababa. Yeah, yeah, I haven't really Ababa. brushed up on my Aladdin since like 1993. It was a good. Prepared. It was a good movie. But, yeah, um, there, there's edibles in here. <laughs> We're talking about Aladdin sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I wish I had a magic carpet. What was his name? Casim. That was yeah. his name. Oh, I had dude. That's no not idea. who you were thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, Aladdin's stepfather. Jasmine's don't you, dad. Don't you have kids? You haven't watched Aladdin recently? No, not recently, dude. Regardless, well, next week we'll be doing an exclusive Aladdin podcast. We'll so please, <laughs> please tune in. <laughs> we'll get to the bottom of this. But anyway, now that we're we're in the dumpster that Philadelphia created, uh, right? That just happened. That's what they just did to our show. But so I want to touch on the Gronk situation because that's another. You know, I'm doing this like based off Roto World, like rumor mill on the side. But they're saying um, Bert Breer came out and said there's a 50 percent chance that this retirement thing's going to happen. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't not believe it. Right after the Super Bowl, when they asked him if he was going to come back, they he was like, "Where'd you hear that?" And that you don't say that yeah. if you're not thinking about it. Everything and does then seem they went, shady. And the then they cut Gronkowski. to Troy Brown, and Troy Brown was like, "Hold on one second, everybody," because everybody was flipping out about it. And, and he goes, "Hold on one second. And he pulls up the sheet and he starts reading off all of Gronk's injuries. Yeah, Dude, people hit him hard. Well, He's I mean, big. And Gronk, hit him hard. Gronk looks like like one of those robots from Terminator that's like been pieced together with his like elbow thing, and like every time he falls, we're like Gronk, Gronk just died. So it's been a known thing. And it, I'll tell you this. And it, this is I've heard this take on you know. Talking head radio or whatever, but but I agree with it completely, and I had already thought it is if Gronk retires, like they're rumoring to go be like an action star in Hollywood, that is absolutely brutal. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, like it, he, I've seen him in Dunkin' Donuts ads with Big Poppy, at awful. Like, I mean, you know, it'll work. Guys in the past, it'll done, work. No, well, he's on Nickelodeon. Yeah, see that, but the th- what I think personally is that he 
he did that debut for WWE last year. He's big. He's friends with Mojo he Rawley. Crushed it in that, and, and he was really good. And he's friends with Mojo Rawley, who's in the WWE, who's actually on his own, who's recently broke up with his tag team partner. Oh. Or not broken up, but like they haven't been together like that lately. And I mean, the opening is a hundred percent there. The, and and he does that. I mean, I'm not. I want him to play in the Pats. Let me set that for the record. But. If he's going to do one of the other options available and I still have to, like, have Gronk in my life, he That's needs to be one. WWE. That's the he, one. I'm not watching, like, you know, my daughter's kidnapped and I'm going to find you starring Gronk. And no, it's like, going to be Gronk. It's going to be like, oh, the kids are – the parents – these parents need to get out of there. Yeah. But they need a babysitter. Yeah. And the new neighbor doesn't have any friends in town. Yeah. And it's like, oh, hey, you kids want to play video games? And then that will be... Yeah, the you know, babysitter starring Gronk. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, like, no, WWE Gronk I could see because he could, you know, fly fly around the ring and he's good at the hype game. The That's his that one gear in acting is the fired-up hype game. Oh, yeah, and his um, his buddy Mojo Raleigh, his tag team was called the Hype Bros. Oh, shit. I didn't even is, know that. I did. So, because <laughs> I watch wrestling. I mean, I'm a I'm a decent fan, but I'm not you know way in depth. But I know like you know the basic storylines and stuff. Yeah, dude, you you have to fall in and out. You can't go straight the whole time through. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a certain time where like you got to be like, all right, I need a couple months back. I can't give you Monday and Tuesday, <laughs> and once at least one Sunday every month. That's too much time. Especially for sure, for three hours. So anyway. <laughs> Getting back to like the Gronk situation, uh, if, if he's had enough of football and he's been injured and stuff, more power to him. He's made enough money. He saves his money, according to everyone. That's fine. But and, and again, I mean, it, I'd probably sign a lifetime contract with Gronk if he became a movie star and I would see all of his movies. But that doesn't mean they'll be any good. You know, I mean, The Rock has done it in The Rock, but the, the Gronk, Gronk can't hold The Rock's jock. So I, I don't let, think. <laughs> let me ask you this. So. Would those? I mean, I feel like that would be like the perfect movie to go see if you were stoned, or if like maybe you were like you were gonna go to a mass cannabis chef's like dinner and then go to a movie after you go see Grunk. It sounds like a lovely evening, but I'll tell you this: I I agree, but I also think that almost every movie is better after going to mass cannabis. So, <laughs> you know, it's not just gonna be Gronk specific. There, I, I can't think of a movie. But I that's... feel like his movies would be like Jean Claude Van Damme movies, where it's like we all know what this is. We're all stoned. Let's get to the fight scenes. Yeah, I mean the, montage through this. There's love, not many more ideas barrier. you can do for good action movies at this point. It's just a. Uh, you know, more or less uh, the same thing over and over. But you so, know, okay. So, speaking of contracts, let's 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 or, or, or leaving or retiring. So, Tom Brady's not allowed to leave, right? Because that's the only thing we haven't heard is Tom Brady's leaving. I don't think he's allowed to leave because Jimmy Garoppolo's gone. Uh, so that'd be a fucking super dick move if he did that. I mean, if he leaves, that would vindicate all of the Bel- Belichick Brady rivalry rumors because that would be just like basically rolling up the middle finger to Bill because. He just traded away Jimmy, and you know we'd be starting with Brian Hoyer next year. Maybe we'd have me bring in Brock Osweiler and have Osweiler and Hoyer Hoyer battle it out. I will say this: if Brock Osweiler comes to the Patriots, he will be better than he'll be a top like fifteen. All right, we can't lose complete <laughs> credibility on this podcast. Uh, it's time might be time for you to go to bed if you're saying Brock Osweiler is a top 15 anything other than interception percentage. Dude. Oh my god. But and I do agree with you that the 
the Patriots would make him better, but we don't want to sound like complete. That Homer was the hottest Yahoos. fucking take. That was the hottest take of the week, dude. That's going to be on freezing hashtag freezing cold takes on Twitter <laughs> in like two days. Osweiler is going to be a top 15 QB. I'm if hold- he comes to the Patriots. That's going to be what I remember from this podcast is you, you saying Osweiler is good. I hope that happens now. But so I'll be what, with me remembering or him actually doing a 15? It's probably a coin if toss on either. If the second one happens, I really hope the first one happens. <laughs> no doubt. All but, right. So Josh McDaniels is staying. That was the segue. He's there. And that there's a lot of debate of how scummy that move is. And, um, you know, you can go. Legal. Do you care? I mean, personally, I'm I love that because I'm a huge, you know, as a Pats guy, I have the attitude of uh, fuck the Colts. Yeah. F- fuck the Colts. Fuck e- everyone that's in the league that hates us because <laughs> they, they can suck it. But, like, but especially the Colts. Uh, no question. I, I will say that their GM handled it pretty well, but you can tell he's like an ex-Marine or something. And he's just like, this is black and white. I didn't even want to hear why he did it. He represent. He did as good of a job of damage control as you could do on that. That's brutal. Um, but the but McDaniel's, you know, you can argue. I mean, even the biggest Pats honk can't say that's like in somewhat poor taste. It just because of the. I don't know if you know, but the the assistance part of it. They hired four assistants already to contracts, and now whoever comes in and coaches is going to have to like live or love those assistants or fire them after one year. Oh my so goodness. he. And supposedly he didn't even call those assistants and tell them what he was doing. He, they found out from like Twitter. Oh my goodness! So that part I agree is pretty in poor taste. But legally he couldn't sign till after the Super Bowl, so See, he's broken no get, law. Why are we even talk? Like I don't get why they do that. Like if these guys are going to the Super Bowl, they shouldn't be allowed to even be having these conversations. You'll have plenty of time to have this conversation on fucking Tuesday. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, just or like Monday. anything else, they want it. Sunday night after the game. You want to give me a call? Hey, what's up? Great job this season. We were wondering if you wanted to come to the Lions. Well, it and came, then that it came out would... today that the Bears had a feeling in their interview with him that he wasn't going to leave the Patriots, so they didn't even end up offering the job officially. So that's, you know, maybe it was that obvious or whatever. But, I mean, if he has the chance to keep the empire going and take over for Belichick and help pick Did the successor. Did you see the letter that supposedly he gave him? No, or I, I like didn't that, see that. He was like, you can, I don't know. It was something so, Jerry Thornton. I heard that I there's no, happened. there was no actual deal in place from Kraft to giving him any guarantees. But they pretty much were like, hey, man, Belichick's only going to do two more years or so. Stay around and this is yours. And to me, McDaniels is 41 or two. He's like a baby for an NFL coach. If he takes another job that's not good and luck doesn't come back and they suck and he gets fired, it's going to be a long-ass time before he gets another coaching job. It may be smarter to wait two years, take over a good situation, and then have a bunch of good years and then become a good coach. I I mean, I think that's obvious, but... Yeah, see, I, I think I think you're right, man. I, I think that if he stays here and he does have a chance, I saw Jerry Thornton wrote something on Barstool, and I uh, it was something about like Belichick like wrote like a letter or something like that to um, to Josh McDaniels saying like I'm gonna show you. Oh what yeah, I, do. I will show you my world. Like, yeah, I'll show it, you my world. Dude, back to everything back comes to back to Aladdin, yeah, back man. To it's Aladdin. just a big cycle back to <laughs> it's Aladdin. A huge circle of Aladdin. But I mean, it, in that case, with. You know, He's Belich- gonna put him on the Belichick magic carpet <laughs> to fucking success, dude. I can't imagine where that magic carpet goes. Could you imagine Bill Belichick being like, mm, "Follow me"? 
<laughs> just kind of you just get to watch. Honestly, it I would probably fall off, follow him directly off of a cliff. See, in, and in I, Bill I feel like he's also thinking about like the future and like the legacy. You know what I mean? Because his kids are there now. Yeah. Right. I know at least one of them coaches for the Patriots. Oh yeah, yeah. Stephen definitely coaches, and I think there's another is one on the, the staff. Uh, is he the safety? He's coach? like yeah, the defensive back Def- coach or something. Oh, yeah. He, so, I mean, um, did, he and his it. other son is on if the staff is, in some then form. He did a pretty good job towards the end of the year. Mm. If he is, yeah, maybe he worked some magic with Gilmore. Maybe yeah, Belichick has a deal with McDaniel's to stay around to help groom his son, and it's and all get, he's saying. Listen, I'm going to get you ready for my job. You get him ready for your job. So I mean, the next thing, obviously, that this job. the next thing this leads into is Garoppolo's obviously gone, and today there was some breaking news with his big deal. Five years, one hundred and thirty-seven million. In actuality, it's three years, seventy-four million. That's the guaranteed money. Um, I mean, that's so about the going rate. Four and five. You're four and five. Is he it's, uh, he's, restricted he's, or something like no, that? No, no, no. It's a five-year deal, but the team only guaranteed seventy-four. So that makes it basically three years at twenty, you know, four point something million. Okay. And then each of the next two years, he's under contract. Their control. But it's basically like a team option where they can keep him for what the contract says, which is at that point a lot of money, or they can cut him freely at that time. You know, they could technically cut him after one year, but they'd owe him that seventy-four million. Okay, so that ain't happening. But yeah, um, keeping him, so he's there for the next three years at least. Yeah, and we were joking the other night about we didn't know the contract at the time, but if he was going to stay two years, I could totally see the opening for. Brady to play his last two years, you know, it'll be like 43 or whatever at that point. Belichick may be winding down. And then Garoppolo plays two years in the franchise tag, makes $50 million out in San Francisco, sets all the future Garoppolos up for life. So instead, he plays for three years. And maybe Brady has three years in him. He has always said he can play till 45. But this, the contract, the way it's um, set up, could prevent that if he's good because they will have the option to keep him for that fourth True. year, which is what's depressing about that. I was hoping he'd go year to year with the franchise tag. Let's hope, let's hope the division gets tough. Maybe he'll have. <laughs> maybe he'll dominate division. for two years and have a quote unquote off year in the third year and make them not <laughs> sign their contract, and then uh, he'll be coming in uh, passing Brady as Brady sails off into the sunset. That's so crazy. But um, yeah, so I that's mean, the, that's the Patriots saga uh, in general, right? That's, uh, I mean, there's a lot of strife today with like my buddies and stuff about how much money Garoppolo is getting, but that's the going rate. I mean, it, he's I know he's played three games and I'm not even 100 percent convinced that he's the next coming of anything that great. I mean, he looks unbelievable and he looks like a winner and he's changed the culture there. But it, do we know for sure that he's going to have 12 seasons of 28? Who, who's the you know? general manager there for? San Francisco, John Lynch. John Lynch, yeah. he changes the culture. Yeah. Because he came there to win. I agree. Because he's out here trying to be. So bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo, I think he took another kid that was there to win. And he was like, let's do this. This right. is going to be my guy. Well, I mean, you hear like the fullback coming out, like check the guy that used to be on the Ravens. And he's like, I feel like if we had more games, we'd never lose and we could win the Super Bowl. What do you think they were saying like three weeks before that with like whoever the hell was, you know, it, who was it? It, it was, was uh, um, ba- Bethard, CJ Bethard. And then who else was it? And um, it was Hoyer initially. It was Hoyer. Yeah. Hoyer was there. It was Hoyer. And then, and then I, I'm a, I mean, I'm a, I'm an all sports junkie, but <laughs> I, I used to watch Bethard play for Iowa and like bet on miserable, like Iowa Purdue games. And yeah, Bethard I, I was not even a good a... quarterback in college. And he's starting for the Niners. Who was their tight end? 
For who? For the 49ers. Um, yikes. Um, What's his name? The they, dude. Big white dude. Yeah, he I know. He went to Iowa. Yeah, I remember. Whatever his name is, big yikes. white dude that went to Iowa. They have Selleck's brother as their backup tight end, so I can rattle off the backup tight end, and I'm blanking on the guy. One of my buddies loves him too. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get grief from this. Uh, yeah, it, regardless of what his name in is. In five minutes, I'll yell him out. I made a fantasy yeah. play with him, and it didn't yeah. fucking work out. He didn't. Yeah, he got a lot of hype, and a lot of a lot of idiots had Kittles. him on. Yeah, Kittle. George Kittle. George Kittle. There you go. Boom. Kittles and bits, kid. Yeah, you know it. But um, Kittles was I was like Kerry Kittles. No, 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 no. Thank Kittles. Thank God that Kerry Kittles is one of my all-time faves. High Villanova, socks, man. love it. High um, socks. but yeah, I'm th- I am thankful. You said before the podcast you wish this was beginning of football season so we could do fantasy talk i'm actually glad i'm at the end of the year when it's at this point i'm i'm bedded and fantasied out i'm all set with it it's been a four months of anxiety on level 10 (laughs) Uh, no no need for that you know um so i'm glad it's over it's one of those things where football's awesome and it's like a reason to get together with your buddies you can't do it all year long yeah i'm out it's it's been a long season so i'm I'm happy to talk about some other subjects and uh basketball celtics first place well i mean today was well today was pure chaos today was insane today changed the eastern conference if you ask me uh with the you know big trades with lebron trading his team general manager general General manager lebron at it again how much of a scumbag is dwayne wade to back to miami he's like listen i'm sending you miami you know remember the dreams we had there you know, I mean, the, my, all I can hope for is Miami slithers into the playoffs and somehow beats them or something. That would be nothing. <laughs> would be, be hilarious. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, Le- LeBron changed that team. They they traded Thomas Crowder, Channing Fry. All the does all the, the fact that they traded Thomas and Crowder make you feel better about the fact that we traded Thomas and Crowder? Oh my God. That trade is one of the biggest steals in the history of the planet. We got Kyrie Irving, a top <laughs> five player, a closer, who's revamped our team for literally nothing for guys that they're discarding off again now. You know, I That's listen, crazy. I don't want to, I'm not going to sit here and rip on IT. I like balls, I like that. Balls on balls on balls, IT. Last year, nothing better. Yeah, no, I liked IT, but. but I, he you, has that hip, and that thing is, he's toast. It, even before that, dude, I love Allen Iverson. If you told me to start a team with all the players, I'm going to get Shaq or Kobe or Jordan or Bird. True. I'm not getting Iverson. But I love Allen Iverson. But I mean, you know what I, I mean? Thomas is clearly hurt. He has a bad hip thing that there's a history in sports of that injury not being good. He's a player that relies on quickness, explosion. He, he looks like a grandma out there. He's the worst defensive player in the last 25 years. On you know, so I mean, the Celtics getting rid of him is almost addition by subtraction. And then you also ho hum added the fifth best player in the league. You know, yeah, which I'm so happy he's here. Oh. I, I I think that that was that was the move. I I didn't that. like the trade to be honest. And Danny I'll Ainge eat, I'll like eat crow for that. I just beast. was you know it homer, but. How much better is watching the games with Kyrie? Kyrie Every game he makes Kyrie. a play that you're like, what the hell is that? I hated LeBron so much, and Kyrie went to Duke, and I'm a North Carolina guy. So, like, when uh, when I just kind of was like, eh. But now that he's wearing Celtic green, it's like, whoa, I well, like this guy. Luckily for you, Kyrie is about the least Duke player ever. He played right. 11 total games there. Yeah, so he it's, was like, Listen, it's not I'm, like he has. I'm here because I have to be. He only has a little Coach K spittle on him. He doesn't have a full year's worth, so. It's just enough where he like listens to directions. But the <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the 
you know, the big moves today are now the Cavs, instead of throwing out that trash lineup with Crowder who just sits there and shoots threes, Thomas oh. is a turnstile. Now you've, you've acquired Clarkson, Nance, Rodney Hood, and um, um, George, Hill. George Hill, who's George Hill is the best guy of that I just mentioned and I forgot him. George Hill's a legitimate guard who's going to run that offense. They literally didn't have anyone. Then all of those other guys make them longer, tougher defensively, much more depth. You know, Rodney Hood could come off the bench and score 26 in a game. They didn't have that. Yep. Larry Nance can come out and guard your other team's guy for a, a big chunk of the game. He's long. He can jump. It's ridiculous. And they basically just did all of that for and traded away spare parts and things that weren't working. They unloaded um, LeBron's true friend, Dwayne Wade. Dwayne, have you seen Dwayne Wade? He he makes Isaiah Thomas look like an athlete these days. <laughs> it, he's had a he's. I mean, don't want to rip on Dwayne Wade too much. He's played what nineteen years in the league. I mean, he's had a good run. But so Derrick Rose could have been really good. Yeah, they traded Joe Derek Johnson Rhodes. was Joe Johnson's in this trade. Yeah, he, that was part of the three-way deal. They traded uh, Derek Rose's corpse. The corpse <laughs> I think of his included. knee. The yeah. corpse of his knee. They traded his MRI on his bone-on-bone bone knee. So that's, that's so sad. Uh, that's so sad. Bob Ryan, so you know Bob Ryan, like you know the old-school Boston sports guy. He he said that um, Derek Rose was the quickest guy he's ever seen in like 65 years of watching basketball in his prime at like oh, Memphis. Dude, he was gross. And I mean, I remember, but he was, he was gross that's pretty ridiculous. So it, it is sad what happened to him. But I mean, screw him at this point if he's on the Cavs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I'm looking through it. As uh, far as the Celtics, I mean, they're they, did, fading. they didn't trade smart. He's staying. Well, yeah, he's also a moron for slapping the picture, too. But that's, you know, part of the deal with him if that you're getting. But what what are your prospects on the Celts this year? Do you think they're think they can do work now or have, have the Cavs bumped ahead of them with these moves? I think are you scared of Toronto? Definitely Toronto. I don't want, I don't really want much with, I feel like Toronto is like the wild card. That's going to ruin somebody's run. They're not going to win it, but they're going to ruin somebody's run. Honestly, they're going to be like the Hawks used to be. If you remember like the Al Horford Hawks where they'd be like, Ooh, you guys look pretty good. We're going to knock you out in the first round and then lose to some scrub team. Yeah. The Hawks played like the wizards for four years in a row. Yeah, exactly. Tried to lose, but the, the Raptors, I don't think you're understating a little. If you had to bet right now, the, I think they are they are the Vegas favorite to win the East. Uh, they've are actually, they? I think, either tied or passed the Celtics uh, right now in the standings. See, I don't think that's where they are. But I think I mean we haven't had Kyrie for a couple games. It's the middle of the season. Tatum's getting used to the scheduling. Brown's still young. They're still making young people moves. I was watching the other day. Um, what was it? Super Bowl Sunday. I was watching the game yeah. and they still make like Tatum still forces it. He does little things that he shouldn't be doing that he'll learn and he'll, he'll, he'll stop doing them. But you know, when, when it really, he felt like it was on him and you can tell that he felt like it was on him and he wasn't really like paying attention and, 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 and trying to work through and, and move the ball. If yeah. That was the move. day Kyrie and Morris were out, right? And yeah. Kyrie was on and, him and Morris to... were both out. And I mean, that's kind of what the future of the team is going to look like, right? Is, yeah. But it'll be like eventually going to be Tatum's, Tatum's 19. Team. It'll be like 23 year old man Tatum. Exactly. Beast mode. That... But I think he's going to learn from that. I think we're going to have, everybody's going to be healthy going into the, I mean, hopefully everybody's going to be healthy going into the playoffs. So I think you're going to see, you know, you're going to see Kyrie really stepping up. I think you're going to see, um, um, Horford really stepping up. 
Horford has been stepping up all the, year long. The, the he's one been, thing he's been about a real leader on the team, which is awesome. That's what you need is a guy who's lived here now. Because it's funny, we just got him what two years ago, one year ago, one year ago. Yeah, we just got him, and this is like he's like the guy that's from here. On this team, this is such a new team. Horford is definitely a valuable player. I mean, but I do agree. You know, everyone jokes about average Al or if he's a star or whatever, but. I mean, uh, he's definitely someone you want on your team. You, you, oh, yeah. I wouldn't give him away for sure. Um, you know, but I mean, I think you got to view the Raptors as a as a threat um, because DeRozan has gone from like a wiry shooter on the outside to a legit scoring star. Yeah, and Lowry, who I love because he's like one of those like fathlete, like a Pierce who's like one of those soft body athletes who like isn't fat, but looks like a chicken nugget kind of, <laughs> you know, like you got like uh, Lowry stopping at the hole and some sweet and sour sauce on the way to the rim. <laughs> but I mean, he's a baller. He can put up like 36, uh, you know, anytime. So, I mean, they have those two and the depth that they have is much better. I have a buddy that's a huge Raptors fan and uh, you know, he obviously pays more attention to it than me, but um you know, he's uh, all excited about the bench, OG and Ananobi. You know, they have Potal, the rookie, you know, and um, a lot more depth and role players than they used to have. They used to just be a one- or two-man team. So let me ask you this. Do you think they beat the Celtics in a seven-game series? If the series was like this weekend, I think that I would have to take the Raptors because of the way that both teams are playing, the fact that Tatum is looks like he's hitting a little bit of the rookie wall, which he may shake off and get a second win by the playoffs. In the playoffs, like you said, if they can finish the rest of the season strong, get everyone healthy, get Morris so he can play, yep. you know, get Kyrie so he's not taking days off. Exactly. I I, I don't I don't think we're I think see in Kyrie that series that would be a hell of a series. I hope the Cavs moves completely wreck their chemistry and they're done, and we can watch the Raptors, Celtics in a in a in a. Actually, all right. I guess I'll give you this. Maybe we beat the Cavs, then move on to the Raptors. Those would be obviously the best series. Yeah, you know yeah. that everybody wants to see the Celtics like really get tested, and everybody wants. I mean, they're so young, but that's fine with me. I'm not really playing for this year. Like, I'm not really expecting anything this year. Everything they do this year is like that's fantastic. We get Gordon Hayward back yeah. next year. I looked today. Golden State's minus two hundred doing the title. Hayward shooting threes. That that is true. Update, but. <laughs> No one's be Gordon Hayward could come back with his Superman cape on, and I don't think you're beating Golden State. I, well, like no. I said, yeah, they're minus two hundred doing the title right now. That means that you have to bet two hundred to win a hundred on them to win the title. Everyone else is plus one seventy, so you can literally take every other team besides Golden State, and you get plus one seventy. That's how. Re so the NBA is kind of a mockery because they're doing. Everyone's like, "Oh, LeBron, what's he gonna do?" There's almost no chance Golden State loses, and yeah. the, although the Celtics play them about as well as anyone, they're so not beating them Clay in the finals. Thompson leaves next year. That who know? Maybe they bring LeBron in. That's the rumor. I mean, I'm gonna, you want me to throw up? That's ridiculous. If LeBron goes to Golden State, there should be a picture of like a piece of garbage next to him in the history history books, and they should you should he is gonna be statistically the best player ever on purpose. Because he's literally looking to be statistically the best player ever. And he's doing it on purpose so that there's no argument. But, like, the stories of time, I hope, will show that he's, like, the way he did it was the worst. The way he did it was the worst, dude. Because if he only wins one, he won one in Cleveland. The other two 
came down to Miami. That was Dwayne Wade's team, right? That was just LeBron was just like a freak athlete, but Dwayne Wade was the one with the ball. Dwayne Wade was the one making the decisions because yeah. he was a young freak athlete. You know what I mean? And then you had Chris Bosh, the, the Velociraptor. I never thought they would actually trade him because he was their logo, but then they traded him. And that no, was he, that well, team. he was forced to retire from the blood clots. He hasn't played. He's still on the heat. He sits he on really? like the second row at home games on the bench, sadly, collecting his like nineteen point six million, and he's on like disability. He has blood clots. It's actually pretty sad. But, I was about to say he just got so dark. No, but no, I mean like I don't cry for. He's making nineteen million to, to like to golf. So that's I, not bad. I feel like that's good value. But yeah, so I mean that that's that's what where he got his championships. If he leaves and goes to fucking Golden State. Dude, Durant and LeBron, both of them are just. That's Steph Curry's team. Yeah, I mean, I I was a <laughs> you little. You guys are Steph Curry's girlfriends. I I agree. I, I mean, that's obviously the easiest way out, but you know it, that there's no way that'll happen. It, that's ridiculous. If it does, I, I'm out. If Clay's looking for max money, what's well, the difference? The Celtics will have to be the ones who beat him. So, but I mean, as far as today's news. But you know, the big story is that Cleveland is now back in it. I, I mean, they were dead as a doornail. Um, the funniest video ever was today um, when LeBron in Barstool had the headline. Uh, LeBron hit the game winner, and it says, LeBron had already traded Isaiah Thomas before he hit the game-winning <laughs> shot last night. And then they show the video, and he... Isaiah's like the little brother jumping on his arm, like, come on, man, celebrate with me. And LeBron is completely ignoring him like he's not there and it's it's nothing is funnier and it was probably because lebron had already been like all right you're traded and like you're dead to me already he already negotiated all night but yeah i mean i think the main point is we agree lebron's a scumbag and do you think after lebron leaves cleveland this time do you think lebron goes back to be the gm no, LeBron will be at that time. We'll have a printing press and print U.S. currency that won't need. I don't. I mean, maybe he'll be so egotistical that he uh, he'll have, you know, needs like, to be, be in like the spotlight the, or whatever. It'll be like the girl that you treat like shit, but you always like try to still see if she'll show up when you give her a call. That's how LeBron looks at like Cleveland. It's like I I used to love you before I got famous, and then this is what it is. Probably. I mean, it's the That's only insane. reason you would love Ohio is if you were born there. I'm, I'm I I've only been there, you know, in passing because that's what it's for. But I mean, it's I've know, been Dayton. Dayton was quiet. I should say I have a couple a couple guys I deal with for work that are good guys from Ohio. But it's a I mean, you're from Akron. It's not like you're from L.A. It's you know, I'm, him wanting to get out of there isn't like that Crazy. big of a deal. Yeah. Do you think he'll go to the Lakers? To go play with Isaiah? I mean, who am I? But I mean, it's, <laughs> go play with Isaiah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I. That's why they did that trade. Is Isaiah is a free agent, and the best is I read today that Isaiah is going to want max money again in the off season. Like, what are the Vancouver Grizzlies going to come back in existence? And uh, yep. Well, he they're in Memphis, but you, like, what is some team going to come out of the blue the and give them bullets? Yeah, <laughs> they're going to give them. I mean, Isaiah is getting a max deal. There's no chance. I, I mean, what are you joking? Yeah, no, there's no way he's going to get a max deal. And that was the whole reason why we traded him, because we weren't going to give him a max deal. I mean, it's pretty obvious that uh, there's no chance of that. All right, so I have a question. Since I am a completely, like, clueless Bruins watcher, I will, like, throw it on. And I'm like, ooh, the Bruins are on. I noticed uh, they're young, and I noticed this is as much as I know about hockey. Ready? The Bruins are young. And they're apparently really good. Nobody's excited. They, you wake up today, Bruins fans, one point 
from the best record in the entire NHL. And, you know, Jerk Felger at the beginning of the year from the from the radio everyone reveres announced that there's no hockey season in October because the team was so terrible. And how good is that in his eye to be literally the second best team in the league That's at amazing. this point? And they, I mean, the the coaching change was made the end of Half, last year, right? Yeah. Like halfway through last year. Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, like maybe three quarters of the way. Or and the same people were all saying, "Oh, this will be a temporary thing. They're not giving him a chance to excel." I'm not going to pretend to know about Bruce Cassidy, but I mean, he clearly did something. You know, yeah. Claude had his run, and all all praise go to Claude. Brought us a cup I never thought would happen, but this guy clearly has changed. I went to the riot. Did you? I was there. So you're see you're 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 a casual fan, but you're there when they need them. But yeah, I'm there for the riots. Yeah. I'm there for you. Like if Philly showed up That's here and surprising. they wanted to fight, like I'll be there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't doubt that for one second. But you know, Bruce Cassidy obviously brought in you know his uh, his rejuvenation to all these guys. And the other thing is, Claude supposedly didn't like dealing with the young guys. And I don't know if you saw last night's game, but I mean it was like a mockery. I'm laughing with my friends. The, the, their fourth line, Tim Schaller, you know, young kids had a cup of coffee for a year or two. He makes the most ridiculous dangle, snipes it, and to you know, and the announcers are basically laughing. And that's the Bruins' fourth line. So I mean, this team is stacked. Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak are the best line in the NHL right now. Bergeron, borderline, should win the MVP of the league. What's the deal with Pasternak? Did they sign him for like a good term? Yeah. Or uh, the, one of the best parts is that line, the three of those guys, are signed for under $20 million for the next, like, you know, four or five years. Like, six-something each. Total is just under $20 million. I mean, that's robbery. Those guys are all three all-stars. I mean, Bergeron didn't make the all-star team, which is another mockery on itself. But uh, he's borderline the MVP of the league right now. That line is unstoppable. Marshan just missed five games. They barely missed a beat. You know, he came back last night. I just think that, you know, between the goalies being hot, Rask is finally playing up to his potential. The young defenseman, McAvoy, the kid who's like 19, and the other kid, Grizzlich, who's like 20. These kids look like we could be babysitting for them. And they're in the NHL, like playing 26 minutes a night. So this team is they're stacked. Done. It's good. This team is it's stacked. Good. It's ready to go. It's. I was talking to my buddies last night, and it's one of them said – they can make up for the misery of the Pats if the Bruins get a cup. And, I mean, that's what it, that's the beauty of Boston, man. And that's why we shouldn't complain because – We have the Celtics and the Bruins. We right have now, two unbelievable in, playoff runs coming up, hopefully, and at least, at least some at playoffs. At the same time, which is always fun. I love when the Bruins and the Celtics are good at the same time. Alternate nights. Just, yeah, oh, it's yeah, like you know, Celts, Bruins, playoffs, nothing better yep. than that. Oh, it's awesome. But, you know – Now, what does that do – not to interrupt you, but no, what no. does that do to the fourth team – in Boston, which used to be king, you know, and you and you're right. It's the the Red Sox not long ago were by far and away the biggest team in Boston, where it wasn't even close. But you know, now the whole Major League Baseball is having the worst offseason ever. No one's even signed. You know, there's rumors. Did you hear the J.D. Martinez rumor? He, does, he doesn't want to come here listen, anymore because we won't give him more than $25 million a year. He had 45 home runs last year. He's obviously a great player, but he's he's kind of a – he didn't have a high pedigree coming up. He 
obviously has ramped up for his contract year and had like the biggest possible year just for the contract. He reeks of a guy that if you sign to a $200 million contract, that half of that's going to be a waste. And he had the audacity to come out and say the Red Sox are bullshit because they won't go up from five years, 125 million. Like, Dude, that's what we offered you. Shut up. I remember when you had to be like a left-hander that threw like 96 miles an hour to get $20 million. Seriously. Or like a or a middle or like infielder. Or, yeah, I mean, he's a, <laughs> he's a corner outfielder who, you know, has power undisputably. And don't get me wrong. You pencil 45 hormones into that Sox lineup. It's exactly what they need. But my opinion is he'll come to Boston. He's one of those soft mental guys who may not be able to hack it here. And he'll hit like 260 with 23 home runs, and then that's a complete bust. Do you bust. think that's why we didn't go after Stanton? Do you think he could have handled mm, the... That gives him a little bit too easy of an out. I, I I do agree that I don't think Stanton is the Boston-type player, but I'm not sure that that had anything to do with His why His name is Giancarlo. They're going to love him in New York. Like They're not going to bother him. He, he I, You know... That's going to be interesting to watch I, as a Red Sox fan. So are we going after Bryce, Har- Bryce Harper? That's kind of like if we're not going to give J.D. Martinez a ton of money, we're waiting to give somebody else a ton of money, right? I, I mean, I wouldn't even begin to know that, but I, I would not, think so. It's not I, the, the, the one the move that I saw rumored that I like the best, to be honest, that's the quickest fix is trade Jackie Bradley Jr. for Edwin Encarnacion. I saw that as well. Because Bradley's redundant in their lineup. He's obviously awesome in the outfield, but if you put Betts or Benintendi in center, you're not really you're you're losing some in def- defense, but not they're not chop liver. And then you got you need a right-handed hitter at Fenway in the middle of the lineup to break yeah. up the lefties and Encarnacion will hit low average but hit 35 home runs, pencil it in. I I feel like you could afford to give up Bradley for that. Um you know, so it, in my mind, I don't know. It, it's we're still a month or so away from. They did. I do want to hit on this. Nothing worse on earth than the day after the Pats lose that Super Bowl, and we're all irate and disgusted. And I'm like clinging to Twitter for things to grasp at straws. And they show, oh, it's Red Sox Truck Day today. I was just like, get the fuck out of here, truck, <laughs> truck day. We're driving our luggage, our bats down to Florida. Like, be happy, like the fuck out of here it, yeah that's the truck worst. day it, the red sox make a holiday out of everything so they can sell it and make money it's disgusting but i mean hashtag truck day i <laughs> hope that gets a virus <laughs> not not viral it's just a joke all right so let's uh let's say right now would be the time what's the final thing you want to say what's the last i'll go first or you want to go first no i mean all i want to say is Instead of being upset about the Patriots and, you know, first of all, you should have told me we're having a parting shot here. I, I wasn't prepared for this, but I'm going to spit it off the of cuff. Yeah. I just thought of it because I looked up there, so I have one. So, all right. Well, <coughs> what I, I would like to say thank you to the Patriots because, you know, they lost that game the other day, but they've given us what since I will. I'm going to call it since 1996 when they made that first Super Bowl run with Parcells. Since then, they've been relevant every, almost every single year, maybe three years they haven't. They've given us – we are now the best team where everyone – we're the template that everyone looks up to. So instead of crying – MC South. Yeah. Instead of crying about, you know, the game, the losing the game on Sunday, I'm going to say thank you to the Patriots for being this good because we just had, what, an extra month over Dallas Cowboys fans or New York Giants fans. Fuck them. We – 
we they give us this every year and it makes the season better how much better does it make you know the month of january the most miserable month here where you can't even month go outside <laughs> you know what i'm saying and so i'm just i want to say thank you to the pats you know i I'll be the first one to say Bill owes me an apology for Sunday, but <laughs> I just, they make our life more fun. And the fact that they even had, we had something, listen, if that was the Harbaugh or Cam Newton versus Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl, which is the worst thing I've ever seen, that's rubbish. So the Pats got there. They balled as much as they could. They gave us a game. And I just want to say thank you to the Pats because uh, I'm glad to have them in my life. And, uh, once they start going two and fourteen with Scott Seacules again, um, <laughs> it's going to be rough. So just your kids may not see that uh, what oh. we saw, and I, I'm thankful for it. So right, that's, that's what true. I'm going with. Very true. Nice, nice. So my my last one. I think I'm going to leave it like this. So the craziest thing to me about the 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 trades today was that Isaiah Thomas, who obviously has some disdain for the Celtics at this point, ended up on the Lakers. Right. And the Lakers suck so bad. But Isaiah Thomas is going to get all the shots there. So Isaiah Thomas could technically play us out of the pick that we're supposed to be getting this upcoming season. So he has a chance. Like they, they, He might have got done dirty by the, by the Cavaliers. But they're sending him to the Lakers where he can fuck the Celtics. So watch for that one. And when that happens... Fuck Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> That's my future take right there. Boom. We'll have to monitor that. I would we say will. you can't underrate the FU mode in sports. That's, in sports, especially you know, from a guy like Isaiah Thomas. True. When he uh, he has the Jay chip. Jay is just going to go shoot threes when it's inappropriate. The, ch the chip on it. <laughs> the, definitely. And not hit one ever if it matters. <laughs> yeah. the, the chip on Isaiah's the shoulder. transition, three. The chip on Isaiah's shoulder might have become a cinder block. I get what you're saying. Yeah. If he ha if he can control, but see, I don't know with his injury if he has it in him. But you know what? If he does we'll that, good out. for fucking Isaiah. Uh, you right? know, if he does, good for him, man. He got totally hosed by uh, LeBron, the uh, scrub GM. So. Yeah, the worst GM in the league. But, but all right, guys, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, make sure that you fuck with the people that fuck with us. Mass cannabis chefs for the candy, and we co USA for the flowers. Thanks, Sam, for your time. Thanks, John, for being you. Thanks, 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 Aladdin. And definitely these gummies, man. It feels like Jesus is giving me a massage right now. It's beautiful. <laughs> so don't hesitate. All right. Thanks, guys.